Chlorophobia, or the fear of clouds, is apparently quite a natural phenomenon, but is also one that has become far more widespread in recent years. In the town of Morton, for a very good reason. A lot of people trace this increase in clown fear back to specific cultural moments that are quite recent. Books like Stephen King's It and countless movies or TV shows that all show clowns in a sinister light exposing the colorful makeup of the friendly clown as a deceptive camouflage masking over something far more malevolent. Something with teeth. Others would lay the blame squarely at the feet of John Wayne Gacy, the notorious serial killer who would perform at children's parties or hospitals dressed up as his alter ego's pages and Pogo the Clown. It certainly makes sense that these events in media would influence people's idea about clowns, but a lot of psychologists think it goes deeper. They argue that there is something about the clown's smile, far too wide to be natural, that our instinctual reptile brains recognize as uncanny or uncomfortably strange. Some even argue that our brains register such large mouths as belonging to predators and so seeing one naturally triggers the fear response. For me, this always sounded like a plausible explanation. The idea that the fear was under the surface, buried somewhere under layers of social expectations seemed right. I could identify fully with the idea that we might see a clown in real life and on some level think of it as a jolly, fun-filled character because that's what our culture presents it as. But I could also sympathize with the idea that at the very same time, we could still feel, somewhere below what we're supposed to feel, an undeniable sense of mistrust, unease or even fear when we came too close to the man with the funny smile. Not that we ran into clowns very often in Morton. It wasn't really the kind of place where clowns fit in. I never saw one even at the yearly Morton Festival or the hurried weekends, and considering that Morton wasn't big enough to have a proper fast food restaurant, even Ronald McDonald never crossed the border into our strange little neck of the woods. Clowns in Morton weren't just a thing. Until 2016, and then of course, it wasn't just Morton. If you've never heard of the 2016 killer clown craze, then I suggest you Google it immediately after this video. What you will see with only a few clicks is that A. I'm telling the absolute truth and B. People in Morton were not the only ones worried about creepy clowns for a while. If you do Google News reports about creepy clowns or evil clowns in 2016, you might be surprised to find that for a period of around six months during that year, clowns were a genuine mainstream concern. Sightings of people in full costumes and makeup waiting on deserted pathways at midnight, lurking in parking lots, or by patches of woodland were all over the papers. Photographs and short video clips surfaced of these menacing clowns stalking people or waiting in the strangest and most unexpected places. Under railway bridges at 2 a.m., at a lonely bus stop late at night, or at the end of a deserted alleyway. For a period of months, the press in the UK, US, Canada, and Australia slipped into a sort of cultural paranoia and mass hysteria about it, and for a brief time, clowns were a serious concern. 
The theory goes that the original clown sightings, essentially guys dressed up in scary masks hanging out in deserted places to scare people, were part of a publicity stunt intended to create buzz around a student film. Once the sightings began to get media traction, however, they was followed by an ever-increasing spat of copycats. These guys, completely unrelated and probably unaware of the film, simply saw a way to freak people out for their own amusement, or in some cases a convenient disguise to wear when committing crimes against others, such as theft, mugging, and in some cases even sexual assaults. There were verified reports of people being chased by clowns wielding knives and axes. Others of clowns had followed people, at a constant distance, all of the way home and then waited outside of their homes for over an hour until the police arrived. Embassies in some countries issued warnings to their citizens overseas to take care and be on the lookout for people participating in the evil clown craze. And many areas took steps to ban the sale of grease paint, face makeup, clown costumes, and any related products that could be used to construct one in order to put a stop to this antisocial and frankly terrifying behavior. Those steps, however, came far too late to Morton. One clown even had a name. I first heard about Fidgets the Clown one night whilst working at the library. I was at university in the nearby city. I had been advised by my tutors that gaining experience at a library would in some way help my chances once I began to pursue my career in journalism. Spoiler alert, it didn't. But since I didn't know that at the time, I dutifully signed up for a part-time job at the Morton Public Library three nights a week, commuting back from the city by train each day so that I could do evening and late shifts and dealing with the odd library member who actually wanted to take one of the volumes home with them. One of the very few highlights of working at the library, an outdated collection of books housed in an even more outdated Victorian building, was working with Jerry. He was a schoolmate of mine and always a good laugh. When he came in one night whilst we were closing and showed me a video of the creepy clown spotted in Morton, I thought he was joking. Jerry and I had been friends for many years. We walked home almost every day after school, and nowadays after sinking a pint or two after library duty. As a result, Jerry knew exactly where I lived, especially since our paths diverged about 10 minutes before I would arrive home, with his route continuing along Main Street whilst mine went up a creepy alleyway and past the old play park. Jerry had joked many times about me being dragged off by monsters or stabbed by a serial killer during my comparatively creepy walk home, and looking at the clips and photos he was showing me of this evil clown, I figured this was just another way to give me the creeps before we separated for the night. In a way, I was probably right. To some extent, he was probably showing it to me because he knew I'd think about it later as I walked past the empty swings the old rusty slide, and the roundabout turning gently, with a whining creak that nobody was actually riding. I was probably right, but that didn't change the fact that the footage I was looking at was real. I recognized the path out of Fuller's Woods, and the other down by the chicken run where old ragbag used to be. In the clips, filmed shakily from people's phone cameras, 
a clown with pale blue hair and a smile far too wide for his face stood perfectly still at the end of the path. The person holding the camera, in both cases women, could be heard calling out to the man in the clown suit, asking him what he wants and telling him that if he didn't answer or move out of their path, they would call the police. In each case, the clown remained perfectly still, standing just out of reach of the streetlight, as if having purposely chosen to step back into the shadows. In both cases, the women decided to turn and run. Two more clips showed the clown, who Jerry reliably informed me had been nicknamed Fidgets, standing in the very playground that I would be forced to cross. Whilst distressed and understandably freaked out passers-by hollered at him, these videos were taken a fortnight ago. Since then, three different people have been chased by some idiot with a machete dressed as a clown. According to one of my mates, there's been a whole lot of pets gone missing too. People are touchy about that kind of stuff since the thing with the wool lady. Jerry was referring to another weird incident that occurred in Morton whilst we were still at school. But that's another story. What caught my attention at the time was the idea that some lunatic might be killing cats now and worse still, might be chasing people down whilst wielding a weapon. That night I decided to give the playground a miss and instead walked the long way home. The next two nights, I paid for a taxi. Eventually, however, I decided that I would have to bite the bullet and with a little bravery added by a few extra pints, made up my mind that I was going to go my usual way home, clown or no clown. As it turned out, no clown was wishful thinking. I first spotted him standing by the edge of the swings as I turned the corner. By this time, it was around 1 a.m. How long he'd been waiting there, I don't know. He was tall and unlike in the videos I had seen earlier, now had hideous pointed teeth like fangs of an animal jutting out from the mouth of his clown mask, all of them framed by that same too wide smile that even in the dark I could tell was fringed with a dark red streak, like some hideous wound. For a second, I did nothing. I just stood there, neither speaking or moving. I thought of running, but instead simply stared, as the clown, noticing me, took from behind him a small canvas bag a bag that even from my position on the other side of the park, I could see was moving, wriggling and squirming as if something inside were fighting to get out. Fidgets lifted the bag into the air, and I don't doubt would have completed some kind of sick performance or action before me, had his attention not been alerted by what happened next. From somewhere to my right, there was a rustle of brushes twigs and branches snapping as someone fought through the brush and woodland that fringed the park. At first I could not see who it was, but then I heard a similar noise coming from another point across the playground, then from the left, then from directly in front. Glancing to my right, to the direction from which the original sound had come, I scoured the brushes for some sign of who it might be. For a moment, I hoped and prayed that it might be Jerry. What I saw instead was a clown. Emerging slowly through the tangle of brambles and twigs, he walked with oversized shoes out onto the playground, just as another to the left appeared, and then another, and another. 
In only a few seconds, a group of perhaps 15 or 20 clowns, all dressed differently, and yet all unmistakably clowns appeared in a rough circle around the edge of the playground. None of them wore masks, but had their faces painted in hideous patterns of black and white grease paint, all with downturned mouths. I willed my legs to run and eventually they did, but not before I saw. The clowns you see, though terrifying, were not interested in me. After coming out of the woods, they formed a circle surrounding fidgets and slowly but surely closed in. When I gave my statement to the police inspector a few hours later, I mentioned that I heard screaming from behind me. Screaming and dull, wet thuds repeated over and over until they were accompanied by a crack. I mentioned that in the hands of at least three of the clowns I saw baseball bats and speculated as to how they might have been used. Fidgets, or rather the man who had been dressed up as him, was never seen again in Morton. The following day, police found a huge bonfire in the middle of the play park, on which the charred remains of several clown costumes were found, alongside several large logs that looked suspiciously like they had once been baseball bats. Who Fidgets was and where he disappeared to, we'll never know. Though, of course, I have my suspicions. I remember thinking the inspector was probably right about him never being seen again. Around the same time, I noticed the grease paint still streaked across his neck. <laughs>